Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then, Judy discovered ChampaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now, Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Support the podcast on Patreon by joining the It's All Cobblers to Me fan club. Every month, you'll receive access to exclusive bonus content, such as our Meet the Staff series, hear our player interviews before anyone else, and be invited to regular meetups. By joining the fan club, you'll be helping us to continue our sponsorship of NTFC women's player Abby Bruin, and enable us to keep the podcast and all our other content going to the high standards you expect. To join the fan club, go to patreon.com forward slash cobblers to me. Before we start the preview show this week, everyone at the podcast was incredibly saddened to hear about the passing of the wife of goalkeeping coach James Alger. There are no words possible to say right now other than that every bit of our love and thoughts are with you, James, right now. And that goes for yourself, your family and the entire family of this football club. Hello and welcome to the It's All Cobblers to Me preview show. I'm Danny and tonight I'll be joined by our resident crew Alexander expert to look ahead to the weekend. But first, Charles Collins is also here. How are you, Charles? I'm all right. I'm pretty glad that I am not the resident crew Alexandra expert. No, no, we don't want that. <laughs> Could you imagine? I mean... <laughs> <laughs> it's bad enough me trying to talk about cobblers let alone another team right, be a, well if we ever get desperate we can always just shove you in just, uh, <laughs> rather just... that than Ashley Hoskins mate that's all I'm saying <laughs> <laughs> you've you kind of got half the accent going on oh thanks very much yeah. I'm, yes. okay I'm not sure how to take that you carry on <laughs> okay I'll carry on because um, we've got to look back quickly before we bring in our crew fan um, who's going to provide endless entertainment uh, much as last night did, Tuesday night, we're recording this on Wednesday. Mm. Um, another ding dong. 
Mate, it's, copyright it. Trademark uh, it. Get it's it in too there. late. It's too late. All the, all the media, all the local media have started using the ding dong. Hashtag um, influencers. Yeah. <laughs> um, but um, obviously, obviously, it's been an emotional few days uh, for the club. Mm. So a really strange game. I think you'll agree. Um, definitely mm-hmm. a game of two halves. But usually when you think of a game of two halves, you think we win a half and then we lose a half. But actually we won a half, lost a half, but then nipped in at the end to actually win the second <laughs> half as well. It's pretty, It was bizarre. Uh, we went f- full behind um, down at Crawley to a pretty well-worked goal, has to be said. Oh, got, mate, we got, we got you say pretty well-worked well, well goal. I say yeah. incredibly sloppy defending. Yeah, we were carved open quite easily yeah. down that side, um, and they scored. Then Samuel Tobias Hoskins will come oh, on to him in a little bit again. But what what a guy! He just turns the game on its head single handedly. Um, then second half, we just looked bereft of everything. Everything just seemed mm. to drop. Probably understandable given the circumstances, and also given the fact we've gone through a, a crazy hot performance on Saturday mm. and given a lot to that. But it, we just looked completely lost in the second half. And if if you had to say sort of midway through the second half, which team was going to win it? Oh, Crawley. You would have, you would have said way. Crawley. We were sat yeah. there on our WhatsApp thinking, let's take the draw now and run. And then... <laughs> you and might then, have been thinking that, Danny. I was fuming. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, true. Um, but, and th- then just a moment at the end that summed up Samuel Tobias Hoskins oh. in itself. I mean, I don't want to take anything away from the goal scorer, uh, Bowie. Bowie, a Bowie, actually, officially, maybe. No, I think it's but Bowie. I think it's Bowie. But I'm all sure the, John uh, Brady uh, told Tim Oglethorpe and Jake Sharp good. on the Cobblers show it was Bowie. Oh, we set it set and, straight then. But yeah. but they've decided to call him Bowie. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> um, but Hoskins, just out of nowhere, intercepts a ball, 92nd minute after, after what we're saying this week, all the things that have happened. Just a final burst of energy from Hoskins to to get down that right hand side and to pull that ball in. Real quality from Bowie as well to to smash it in. And it's one of those moments where it makes you forget the the absolute dross. poorness and dross of the forty five minutes <laughs> yeah. that have come before it. And football can be just so bizarre sometimes, where you just think a moment's meant to happen in that time on that night, and for that yeah. to happen just then, and for all the emotions surrounding it, it just felt like it was it was meant to be, and it was. Oh, just an emotional end to that match and I was off my seat just <laughs> jumping around the living room with four games in I feel like I've given it <laughs> two minutes too much but and to win to win at Crawley as well it's not like we're going to one of our promotion rivals in theory because I don't think Crawley were massively good no matter what their manager will say <laughs> um <laughs> just um four games into the season just to be going mad in, in your living room already um what a crazy night again it really and was. It, it, feel, it feels very Keegan-esque, this start to the oh, season. Oh, it? hello. <laughs> I'm throwing that oh, one Oh, I like there. that. Throw mm. that there. Um, uh, no, do you know, this is the thing, right? There is... Obviously, yes, we know that you know it, it's been a horrible start to the week um, for everyone that's connected to the football club and obviously some much more than others. And we mustn't forget that. However, it doesn't come into your thinking when you're watching the football. And I'm sure it probably feels that way almost for for all the players, the coaching staff, you know, and everybody. During the 90 minutes itself, nothing else really matters. And you kind of forget everything, not on purpose. It's just a subconscious thing where you, you put all your energy and all your effort into just that one thing. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And that first half, 
I mean, look, the very beginning, the first, what was it, five, five minutes? That, that yeah. I mean, Crawley scored within the first five minutes. And it was mm. like they cut through us like enough, a knife, enough, 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 a knife through butter. It was so easy, so simple. Mistake from Koiki to give mm. the ball away in a poor area where he was out of position. And it was just far too easy. And I did think to myself, oh, no. That's not good, considering Crawley hadn't scored all season until that point. Oh, yeah. Well, they were obviously going to score. We might as well get it out of the way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. If, if a team hasn't scored before they play us, we, we might as well give them a goal yeah. in the first. Oh, yeah. Just get, just get it out of the way, because it's going to happen done. anyway. Get it, it done. But then to go and what after collect ourselves, basically, back together, and to go on and just command that half in the way that we did... I was watching us and I was thinking, this is amazing. Yeah. I was I was just like, wow, how good are we right now? Mark Leonard, everything that you guys said on the main pod on Tuesday, I saw it in abundance. That boy is incredible. Absolutely brilliant at this level. How we have managed to get him is huge. It's amazing. And then the two goals that Super Sam obviously scores. I mean, look, the first one was good enough, but the second, the free kick, the audacity oh, of that free beautiful. kick. Oh, because you think all lovely. day long Pinnett's, Pinnett's going to take it, don't you, and cross it in. And well, I think I said but... in the WhatsApp group, didn't I? I put on the WhatsApp group, Pinnock to hit this, yeah? Yeah. And then, <laughs> like, literally two seconds later, you just went, whoops. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, fantastic. And so well controlled. And I, I thought to myself, this is it. We're just going to go and get, uh, you know, a third at the beginning of the second half and we'll be absolutely cruising. And to be fair, we nearly did. Sam Hoskins, again, nearly got his hat trick very early on in the second half, cutting in from the left. Mm. Um, okay, was it a deflection or a that's save? The, yeah, that's the deflection that kind yeah. of loops just over, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah I mean... Again, it, I mean, that would have put the game to bed, I'm sure. But then something just happened where Crawley got, not just on top, but basically turned everything on its head. And I was thinking to myself, what's happened? What on earth has gone wrong to go from being the greatest football team I've ever seen in my life <laughs> to being so bang average and just sitting back and not being able to get a foothold on the ball whatsoever. Mm. You know, fair play to Crawley. You know, they they played some really good stuff in that second half. And then it was just, you know, the, the goal that they got was deserved. It was coming, wasn't it, for a good five or ten minutes oh, yeah, before yeah, they sure. scored it. And And like you said before, there was only going to be one winner at that point. And then somehow... Sam just takes it upon himself to just have that, as you said, final little burst of energy. And Kieran Bowie is there to just slam it home. I mean, what, what of course, when you look at it as a whole, was a ding-dong of a game, essentially finished with a smash and grab. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's just bizarre, wasn't brilliant. It? Yeah, I mean, the the first half was everything that was good about the end of last season, wasn't mm. it? You know, watching them games, yeah. But um, 
when you were watching the games, listening to the games at the end of last season, when we were really pushing the Orient, the Barrow, even mm. the the performances that we put in Tranmere, and where, where we just looked like we were going to score all the time, and that didn't look like it was going to be an issue. We've we've carried that on. The second half looked like the worst parts of last season, yeah. With, yeah. but there's enough in that first half, I think, to make me think we're at least going to be challenging because the quality yeah. there is too high against teams like this and against sort of middle of the table teams that I think we, we're we going to struggle to find ourselves in a bad position, if that makes sense, because of the quality that's there and because of the organisation, because the, everyone knows what they're doing. You look at some teams around League Two at the minute, like the struggling Swindon from last season, struggling to get out of first gear. Um, I don't know exactly what's happened there, but we seem to know what we're doing from the start and that we, we haven't been able to say that about a Codbus team for a long time. Um, uh, yeah, look, and Hoskins is just ridiculous at the minute. Uh, oh, he is. 300, 300 appearances for the club last night. That takes him into the top 20. Uh, 20. Um, the, oh, no, sorry, the top of, 15, isn't it? The top 15 appearances and then top, top 20 goal scorers. Top 20 goals, it. yeah. It, it's insane. Like For his age as well, for what, what he could do in the future. He's coming into his peak now, from what I can tell. He's... Is getting plaudits from all over the place, finally. And I'm thinking here, yeah, we've got, what, 14 days left of the transfer window. Shut <laughs> up. Shut, shut up. up. <laughs> Do not just, do this, Danny. Stop, stop it, Sam. Now. <laughs> of all the times to come into form, Sam. <laughs> not now. Um, but no, it's, it's the way that Brady talks about him as well after the game. It, it's You can tell what kind yeah. of character and what kind of player he is in training and stuff. That He's such a massive, massive player for the for the club. Yeah, yeah. two just two points amazing. that I just want to make really quickly. Um, the first one is that... Um, I really hope Colin sorts this defence out. Yes. Um, that's the first thing. Um, and the second thing was that I'm really pleased with what John Brady's post-match press conference was like, or, you know, his, mm-hmm. his interview, because he reminded me of everything that had happened. So, mm-hmm. you know, first off with what we started the show with today, but then also with the fact that we have got quite a lot of injuries. Mm. We have got quite a lot of players out. and. That that back line that we finished the match with <laughs> was Koiki playing centre back. <laughs> I know. I mean, um, so, so what was it? It was Lintot, Lintot, and then Koiki in the middle. So you got the three fullbacks in in the three. Hoskins right wing back. You had Harvey. Um, uh, no, sorry, uh, Haynes on the left. Haynes on the left. It? Yeah, it was. A, mean, it was all a match. It was. It was very disjointed to say disjointed. the least, wasn't it? Yeah. But. You you forget that thing when the game is going on, and you don't act rationally, do you? You just thought, no. or I certainly wasn't last night. I'm telling <laughs> you, you definitely weren't. But <laughs> you do, you forget. And so, in a way, I'm really pleased with the way that John obviously conducted himself in the post match interview. To just be honest, and ju- and that's mm. what we've had from him for since day dot since he took over. And you know more of that, please. He knows that it wasn't good enough, but he also reminded mm. us of the fact that they. The, the lads were playing in what thirty odd degree heat in Saturday's game. Mm-hmm. That is going to have knackered them out, and you know then there was the injuries as well on top of it, and then there's obviously the the, the grief um, mm. that that's been going through. So there's an awful lot there. Just to finish this little bit on complete opposite to what Kevin Betsy was like. <laughs> <laughs> just seemed to completely ignore the fact that we were just fantastic in that first half. And I mean, don't get me wrong. I get what he's saying. They were the better team for a long portion in the second half. Yeah. in the But second to half, ignore yeah. everything else, I think is a little bit 
I don't know what. Yeah. We, we, lacks a bit of class, you might say. Yeah, probably words of a man who's not got going yet, isn't it? Mm, I'd and say so. To deflect a little bit. Um, yeah. Last thing to say on it: coming from behind to win oh. the first time. <laughs> we didn't do it at all last season. No, we've done it already. Uh, big sign. No matter who you're playing. Absolutely. It? And we're third, Danny. We are third. We're yeah. Third. Yeah. Does, uh, you you <laughs> know right. what that means, Charles? Joint top. Well, yeah, that, but also uh, playing crew who are doing well as well at the weekend. You know what that means? Oh, hello. So early Have we in the got season. our first one of the season? <laughs> oh, this six, is amazing. First six-pointer. Bring get the six-pointer klaxon, everyone. Let, get it out there. First six-pointer <laughs> klaxon of the season. Let's find out if our crew fan thinks it's a six-pointer, shall we? Um, on Saturday, we're going to come up with Charles against the crew side, who should be in and around that top seven as well for most of the season, I would have thought. Mm-hmm. Uh, they made a solid start to the season, just like us. So it looks like it's going to be a bit of a test up there at Cresty Road. You're going, Charles? I am going, yes. Yeah. Uber? No, no Ubers. No, no Uber. No. <laughs> I saved that for Salford. <laughs> okay. Um, but joining us to talk all things crew is Russ Fern from the Railway Men podcast. How are you, Russ? I'm very good, thanks. How are you? Yeah, good, good. Thank you. Sorry you had to sort of sit through our 10 minutes of salivating over a fancy <laughs> winner. <laughs> Uh, before we get into this season then, I know you probably won't don't want to talk about it too much. Um, I want bottom. to talk about it. Let's talk about <laughs> it. <laughs> Rock bottom of League One, 24th last season, seven wins. What happened? Oh, just a, a nightmare. Every football fan's nightmare is is what happened effectively. Every, everything that you could ever imagine would go wrong went wrong. From sort of the, the manager losing his mind, pretty much. You could tell in the interviews at the end that he was just, whether the spark had gone or he had no ideas left, it was just, it was cruel to keep him in the job at that point. And he probably should have gone a bit sooner to players potentially feigning injuries or, or elongating their injuries because they didn't want to get back out on the pitch, to throwing players in that were too young and too early. It, it was. Uh, that's not even touching on uh, right wing back gate. We had about eighty four right wing backs, none of which were right backs throughout the season. We oh, that Nico sounds Manchon. familiar. <laughs> was, it, was, was Keith Kerr in charge of you last season? Yeah. <laughs> oh, Keith Manchon playing right wing back was, oh. was chaos. Oh, is there a point in the season where you just thought this is like there's no no way back now? October. Oh dear! Jeez! Oh, oh. That's, that's not right. This is the thing. I, so I don't get this because Dave Artell did an absolutely wonderful job with you guys. It gets you promoted out of League Two. He plays, you know, the crew way, and he's got you doing, you know, really good stuff. And then you you have a good year in League One, and then all of a sudden it just how how does it just fall apart? <laughs> That's what I don't understand, is how can Dave Artell, who, uh, okay, yes, we we as Cobblers fans, we've got our bitterness towards old Dave. But, you know, at the end of the day, he was doing a really good job for you guys. And he was also always worthy of a bit of, a bit of fun <laughs> and a bit of entertainment as well. <laughs> He Dave Artell is a very good manager, I think. From for my money, he is a good manager. But I think the job at that point became too much for one person and he didn't have the staff or uh, ability to delegate enough to to really excel in that role at that point. It also doesn't help when you sell sort of 
what five or six championship quality players all mm. in the space of six months. You know, we lost Perry and G in the January of the first League One season. Then Pickering, Dale, Kirk, and Wintle all went in that summer. Mm-hmm. Um, a huge cloud went with Dale, which was not good. And then obviously the whole Tommy Lowry fiasco, where he didn't play for the first sort of two months of the season because of contract rebellions and stuff like that. It was it was the worst summer you could have imagined, especially when you count the fact that you know top we signed Tommy Hoban from Aberdeen, which was a good signing. You think you know going to replace Omar Beckles, who had a yeah, it was chaos at times. Omar Beckles, but he had, he had a <laughs> fairly decent season. So Tommy Hoban comes in, and Sean McDonald comes in from Rotherham, which you think that's a good signing, experience in the midfield, replaces yeah. Paul Green as well, as well as Wintle, and then. Tommy Hoban never played a professional game, retired before the season started. And then Sean McDonald retires sort of three games in, probably played 20 minutes of the first game, I think like that. So you've then lost another two players. And at that point, you're you're sort of scrapping around at the dregs of the transfer window, trying to find gems that turned out to be either horrendously injury prone or just not very good footballers. Who, whose fault is that though, then, Russ? Because obviously... It sounds to me like due diligence just wasn't done on those two players if they were going to come in and immediately retire. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think Artel's always um, sort of prided himself on saying that the, per- the the player's character and personality is as important as his footballing ability. Mm-hmm. Clearly, he's let he let the ball slip, pun sort of intended, <laughs> on on those two players because I mean we believe that Tommy Hoban sort of hid it from him and sort of only realised once he was here and decided he wanted to be a financial advisor. And then Sean McDonald retired for about a month and then started playing for someone, I can't remember who else, I think Port Talbot or someone like that. Right. Off down near Swansea. Um, He's playing non-league still somewhere. But I think Artel obviously has to take some blame for that. I think, you know, the players as well. If if you've got a half a mind where you want to retire – then, you know, if you've told the manager and the manager still signed you, then it's all Artel's fault. But if you've not mm. told the manager, then you're a bit of a bit of a naughty man yourself. <laughs> <laughs> is there part of you that you mentioned some of the young players who have left, and it, your crew, the crew model, is has been for years and years and years just to bring through young players, sell them on. It's a successful model. Is there part of you, having gone down again, that thinks? you'd rather kind of start steering in a different way to, to, to you'd rather be a little bit more successful, push for the championship um, and move away from complete and utter reliance on that. Or are you, uh, are you pretty happy with how it is? Yes. Yes. It's the answer. Um, because well, what I think is we need a more pragmatic approach. The, mm-hmm. the, the crew go in a big, a big dip when we've when the young players are too young to actually be good enough for league football but they need to play league football to get experience to then become good enough so when we went down under Steve Davis you know Callum Ainley, Charlie Kirk I think Perry and G might have played that season George Cooper was in that team you know that's an invaluable experience for them and then Harry Pickering came in the next season under Artel and Tommy Lowry was thrown in Owen Dale was there and thereabouts it's that's the bottom of the trough and then the trough then gets a lot better and suddenly we're getting promotions or winning games of football or whatever. We won the JPT as well under Davis in 20, 
13, I think. And that was that was a, a mega trough before then the relegation like two seasons afterwards. Um mega high even, not a mega trough. Um the JPT is a good thing to win. It's not a it's not a bad <laughs> thing. Um but then you sell them and then it's back into that same routine. And the big thing on the crew fans' mind at the moment is how can we stop the troughs from being so deep? So deep mm. that we get 29 points in a season. You know, we, we've won three games out of, out of four this season and we're already a third of the points tally we got last season already this year, which is which is crazy. Yeah. So I, It's one of those to me because I always think to myself, exactly what you've said there, Ross, you, you've got those cycles that, that crew go in, which is that you get some youth team has come through and then as they develop, they become better and better and better. And as they do that, crew as a football club rise higher and higher and higher. But then you inevitably have to sell those players because, you know, you can't turn down money for them. And, and they basically outshine you. Uh, no disrespect there. But, you know, Perry NG going to Cardiff City, crew aren't, we couldn't compete with Cardiff either. So I'm not trying to be yeah. funny. <laughs> um, but... You then you're then left with a gap, you know, because your cycles don't overlap. It seems it is basically have a load of good youngsters. They develop, they do well. Crew do well. Then you sell them. Crew do badly until the next yeah. lot of players are sort of ready, and and the cycle begins again. And that that to me would be so frustrating. Because you kind of know what's going to happen in the next couple of years. I mean, you might do it this year. Um, you know, I don't know whether you've got you know particular any particular youth teamers that are in this team at the moment. But League Two is probably the best place to actually be blooding them because it's not as I was going to say it's not as competitive. That's not fair on the league, but it's not maybe. But you don't have the likes of Ipswich or the Sunderlands and and yeah. those teams in this division therefore there's less chance of you getting relegated out of this league with the way that you're playing and the way that you you know do it the crew way and so it's better for you blooding those youngsters than league one would be but you can't stay in league one long enough to sort of get those youngsters up to speed and ready for league one they kind of they get good enough for league one as they win or you know win promotion from league two and then at that point, somebody else comes in and buys them from you. I mean, yeah, you're absolutely spot on. Absolutely spot on. And there's two things uh, that are relevant. One is the, you know, obviously the impact in the impact of COVID on the transfer market. Undoubtedly, Perry and G, Harry Pickering, and Charlie Kirk would have gone sooner had money have been in the market at that time. You know, Charlie Kirk had 18 assists in League Two, and mm-hmm. nobody signed him. That's that doesn't happen any other season, let's be honest. If Northampton, if Sam Hoskins, as you're saying, gets 18 assists this year, he's gone. Oh, I don't know. No, he's not. He's been he's here never. for seven years. He's never leaving. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's fed up of Northampton by now then after seven years. He loves it. Yeah. Uh, so, so Artel was sacked after relegation. Do you, do you think it was too, they just left it too long? Could it have been earlier? Um, uh, I'm so mixed thoughts on this. Yes, it could have been sooner. Do I think we'd have stayed up? No, I think we were way too gone. We might have finished sort of 22nd instead of miles last. 
Um, but I don't think we would have stayed up, to be honest. Mm. I think we, we got relegated on the Saturday and then the Monday he got sacked. So, you know, it was clearly the management were waiting, well, the board were waiting for us to get sacked. <laughs> to get, the board were waiting for us to get relegated to sack Artel, which, mm. you know, it's it's a it's a way of doing things. Whether we all agree with that is, uh, is a different question. I, I suppose it could probably... have been, sorry to interrupt, Russ, it may well have been something, there might have been something in Artel's contract that made it cheaper to sack him at that point. Yeah, that, yeah, potentially. potentially. Could have been the the thing there for you. Oh, and Charles Grant loves to save a book, so yeah, that's probably it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Alex Morris comes in um, just just after that, for the last few games of the season, yeah. as interim interim manager. Someone who came for your academy, actually, himself, um, in the same academy, I think, as the likes of Dean Ashton. Um, yeah. Injuries just hampered him completely. He never made a first-team appearance for you. Went into coaching, started at your youth teams, I think. Is that right? Started yeah. coaching yeah. in the academy. Um, do you get the feeling now that for him, now he's signed a full-term deal, is this kind of a second chance, do you think, for him? Yeah, I, I think he probably sees it as that—a chance to make his name in the game. He was a—he was a good player. Obviously, uh, he was a little bit before I got into football and before I got into the under 18s of Crew Alexandra, for example. But um, he was a good player. He was a grafter, and that's sort of what you want in a manager, isn't it? You don't necessarily want the high, flashy players. You want a player that understands the game properly. And alongside Lee Bell and Kenny Lunt, two other former Crew players that have gone through the system, they. Um, They've got a nice trio there that understand the club, understand hard work, and understand the the way that crew the the, the crew Alex way that people like to say about play, playing nice football and how that works and, and blood and youth youth players through. Yeah, as you say, Alex Morris was the under twenty three manager for last season. I think Lee Bell was the assistant for the under twenty threes. So you know, a lot of the players that are coming through already know this manager and have worked well with this manager. So I think it's. Mm. Mm. The only gripe, sorry, with the with the appointment is that there wasn't really a proper a proper appointment process. There was no interviews with other managers or anything like that. We know we know of people that were interested in the job. They just didn't get the time from mm. Charles Grant or the light of day from Charles Grant. So, but I, I would appoint uh, I would have appointed Alex Morris. So I'm quite happy with it. Did you see any real? You, you mentioned there how you know there is the crew Alex way of playing. So did you see much change in the way that you were playing and, and how things were at the football club after Artel was sacked and Morris came in? Once you're having an absolutely god-awful season like we was, you've you've got to change the voice because he's lost he's lost the dressing room at that point, Artel has. So you've got to bring in someone that's going to buoy them back up, pick them back up, instill some confidence. And that's exactly what Alex Morris has done. You get the, you know... I hadn't seen. I didn't go to a, a, as many games as I would have liked, but also it was a blessing in disguise because we lost them all last <laughs> season. I hadn't seen a win since. So I can't remember what month we got relegated in. But Alex Morris had three or four games at the end of the season, and he won the first one of those games at home to Wimbledon three one. Great. It wasn't a great performance, but it was it was more attacking, and we scored three goals. So incredible. I hadn't seen a win or a goal before that since November. Wow. So it, it was her, like when I say it's horrendous, it was horrendous. <laughs> Morris comes in. It's not beautiful. It's not slick pa- passing football. It's not loads loads better. But there was more attack and drive. We scored more goals. 
we we looked like a more dangerous football team. Would we have stayed up if it was sooner? Potentially, probably not, because I don't think we quite had the players to do it. But there was a, a visible and clear change in the whole demeanour of the squad and the club after Artel went and Morris came in. Yeah, I think you sometimes need that, don't you, to and the fresh voice with Alex Morris, especially knowing the the youth team, how it's set up straight from the off. It's it's almost similar to the likes of Gareth Southgate in England on a smaller scale, isn't it? Like he knew exactly the intricacies of every step up to to how you get to the first team. He's managed the the young team, the under 16s, 17s, 18s, all that kind of thing. He knows what the players are like. He doesn't have to do endless work on on getting to know youth player A, youth player B is before they come up. He knows their character. He knows what makes them tick. To have someone like that who's known them all the way through, especially for a team like you, for a club like you, it seems like almost the perfect way to go about it. Absolutely. He knows them. And more importantly, they know him and they'll Mm -hmm. trust him. And they, as far as you can tell, very much like him. As, As Charles was saying earlier, the last group that we sold... Were, I don't, they weren't one year group they were sort of mixed over two or three but they were sort of one group that came all through together then the following group were sort of the sort of main players we've got now sort of Eurigan Griffiths Charlie, uh, Ollie Finney um, trying to wrap my brain for another one but can't think of one Billy Sass Davis Luke Offord maybe take Luke Offord out of that because he's now the club captain and he's so far he's had a good season they're, they're not great and not good enough to be in our club now the year group below that are one of the most highly touted, biggest potentials that we've almost ever had or definitely had in the last sort of decade. The likes of Connor Evans, Zach Williams, Connor Aroyden, um, Joel Tabiner, Charlie Finney, who's Ollie Finney's younger brother. These players have got a lot of potential. So to have Alex Morris at the helm, hopefully nurturing them through and them trusting what he's going to do, could be the absolute making of these players, and thus putting us back up into those peaks of a JPT final. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, what you've just done just there is probably what sets Crew apart. Because ask anyone of probably any other team in the league to name one player from the year below this youth team, they wouldn't have a clue. I wouldn't have a clue probably <laughs> to name a lot of players. You've just named five off the top of your head. That says to me, this is a club that is is all about that, and it's well, it's known, and it's just part of your, like you said earlier, the fabric of the club. It's... Yeah, I can name a few more for you if you want. Oh, Tom Boo from goal, he's he's <laughs> he's good. Uh, Matus Holcek, I, I think that's how you pronounce his name. Uh, he's good as well. Uh, these so these are all players yeah. that have just signed um, their first year deals. Hmm. So Zach Williams, who's a centre-back come left-back. He played centre-back quite a lot last year. He was a second-year scholar, so was playing on a non-professional contract as a mm. 17-year-old um, against the likes of Jermaine Defoe and whoever else, Sheffield Wednesday and Ipswich had up front. It was, And he was doing well. He was a good player. And he sort of he's nailed down that sort of left-back spot this season so far. Um, mm. Connor Royden's gone out on loan to Rafe. For some reason, I'd have him on the bench for us as our first backup, to be honest. I think he's a good player. He's got a bright future. So, you know, they're not unknowns to crew mm. at all because a couple of them have played last season and a couple of them are hugely bright futures and they're all now signed their first professional deals in the summer. So they're, over the next, I'd say, hopefully in four years at, at, at most, you, you 
forget your Charlie Kirks and your Tommy Lowry's. It's going to be Charlie Finney and Zach Williams and Connor Evans. So apart from your, your youngsters, some of the transfer window will quickly touch on. Um, Courtney Baker-Richardson seems like a pretty top signing mm. from Newport. Pretty yeah, yeah, he's a... So far. Yeah, he scored. He scored on Tuesday, which he was lovely. Uh, second of the goal, uh, second of the season. Um, he scored in both ends. He's uh, he's only scored two goals so far. He's only <laughs> he's only played four games in. That's not bad. Oh yeah, that's pretty. It's pretty good. He's uh, he's only made one star as well, I think. Or he might have started in the cup as well. But he scored in both ends of Gresty Road, which is lovely to see. Um, I would say sorry. I thought you meant he scored an own goal as well. Oh no, no, no one goals, <laughs> okay. no one goals. Yeah, he, he's a good striker, and he's a he's a he's a funny personality, and he's a player you 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 want in your dressing room because he's a bit eccentric and he's a bit of a live wire. And you want him on the pitch because he's going to get in the opposition's face. I think he gave away like eighty two fouls last night, or like oh, against lovely. Sutton, because you know he flings his arm around or something going up for a header, and the referee sees that and he thinks, oh, instant foul. But really, he's not done that much wrong but because it's Courtney Baker Richardson and he's already mouthed off to the referee he's going to give a foul so he, he's sort of that fiery player that you want in, uh, up front he did really really well with Dom Telford last year for for Newport in a two a lot of, a lot of crew fans were worried that we play with a one typically in a, a four two three one can he do that well he scored two goals in four games so far so clearly he's uh, somewhat capable of that when you talk about his character, I'm quite looking forward to him meeting Danny Hilton on Saturday. <laughs> It'll be a meeting of mine, to say the least. <laughs> uh, a couple of couple of former cobblers in there. Concrete Rod, Rod McDonald, signed oh, from Carlisle. Yeah. yeah, what you made of him so far? I know he's, he's been injured a little bit as well. Yeah, yeah, he's out injured at the moment. Like what feels like everyone else as well. Um, he's he's a very no nonsense centre back, and that's typically not what crew go for. We prefer a centre back that can pass it out. But whilst you've got Luke Offord, who's got that bit better passing range, Offord really excels when he's next to a no-nonsense, tall, brute defender who's just going to head everything, kick everything. Michael Nottingham from Accrington, when he was on loan in our promotion COVID year, the pair of them were brilliant together. And that was Offord's first professional season. In the first half of that season, he was on loan playing right back for Nantwich. Second half, he's getting promoted from League 2 with crew. So... We think Rod McDonald is going to get the best out of Offord. And so far, in the games that they played, from what I've seen, they definitely did that. And he's, um, you know, he's settled in well so far. He's a crew lad as well, I think. Oh, Rod McDonald. And he, didn't, he didn't come through the academy, but he played, he's played for Nantwich, who's our like local non-league side, about five different spells. Oh, very good, very good. Looking forward to it. Do you think he'll play on Saturday? Uh, I, I'd be surprised. Oh, I think good, he's still out injured. Good news, good news. <laughs> it is good news. Uh, uh, yeah. uh, another injury, um, possibly on his way back, Chris Long, formerly of the Cobblers, player of the year last season. Yeah. Important to get him back. Yeah. yeah, I think, well, I think our attack is probably one of the few places where we, we don't necessarily need a player back immediately now. You know, we, we need a centre-back now back now because Billy Sass Davis is chaos. We need a midfielder because if Tariq or Connor Thomas get injured, we're putting on players that aren't good enough. So, But for those forward lines, for either striker or left winger, Chris Long is an added bonus for me at this point because Dan Adji and Courtney Baker-Richardson and Ainley and Lachlan Brook and before his stupid red card against Salford, Basala Sambu, they were all having pretty good seasons, but 
if Long comes back and firing, then you know, he, in this league with the right service, he's a 20 goal season striker, I think. So, pretty happy with your start so far. Rochdale 2 1, Harrogate 3 0, lost to Salford 3 0. That was the red card you were talking about, ruined that game, I think. Uh, yeah. Certain at home on Tuesday night, winning 1 0. So, nine points from the four games. Pretty happy with that. I'm delighted over the moon to be honest like after what happened last season we all assumed well some more optimistic fans sort of thought we'd be around the playoffs most sort of thought lower mid-table some doom lovers thought you know 20 24th <laughs> is nailed on um I think so my prediction was 17th so to beat Rochdale was essential because you need to stop the rot from last year, don't you? Straight away, let's get mm, yeah. three points on the board. And to do that was really good. Um, to go 2-0 up in that game as well in the first half was very good. Um, then to, to win your first home game of the season, that's also really important to show those home fans that didn't travel to Rochdale that this is not Dave Artel's crew anymore. This is Alex Morris's crew and we're going to be better this season. Um, and then, yes, I mean, Grimsby, we did seven changes for the cup and got hammered 4-0, which is... You know that that was Dave Artel crew. That was that was chaos. <laughs> Does that worry you, Russ? You, seven changes and then you get a hammering. Does that maybe show a lack of depth for you? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yes is the only answer because we have. <laughs> Sorry, I feel like I've just depressed you there. <laughs> There's like a, a realization. Oh, actually, yeah, maybe <laughs> maybe it's not as good as I think. <laughs> no, no, not at all. The lack of depth is is a significant issue. Um, you know, fans were looking at Morris. Uh, on Tuesday against Sutton, and he was looking around at his bench, going, "Oh, I need we need legs because Callum Ainley's about to have a like faint on the pitch. We need someone to put on." But his options off the bench are, are pretty dire, to be honest. You know, there was four of the eighteen-year-olds, and then three players, one lone guy from uh, Leicester, and then that Finney and Griffiths, and none of them are quite good enough for that first team at the moment. So the, the lack of depth is. It's pretty horrendous, but have we got the budget to go out and spend more money? Probably not. So do you, do you expect then to bounce back at the first attempt now that you've had that decent start? You, I know you said 17th was your original prediction. Have you have you changed that now? Uh, 16th for me now. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like it a lot. That's brilliant. <laughs> no, yeah, I think, I mean, I, I'm a, I'm a pet, all crew fans, most should most crew fans should be pessimists because it's just how it goes. If we're 2-0 up with 90 seconds to play, we're still going to somehow lose 3-2. It's just the way it goes. Um, but So I don't think we'll go back up, unfortunately, um, despite the good start. Because as you said, we're, we're three injuries away from a very, very thin squad. And we've already got Rod McDonald out injured, Dave Richards out injured, uh, Chris Long out injured, Charlie Colcott, who's signing this summer, he's out injured. Rio Adabisi's out injured. Like, there's so many injuries in the squad already that if we get more, which if anyone else plays like Sutton did on Tuesday, we're going to get about 80 a game. Then it's going to, you know, it's just going to be we're playing the 18 year olds, which, as we said, is a good thing because it's a good learning curve for them. But if they're not ready yet, which a lot of them aren't quite ready for week in, week out football, dependent football at this age. Then you know we'll, we'll we'll go tumbling down the league again. But I think I think a, a realistic uh, reevaluation of my prediction would be so anywhere between seventeenth and sort of tenth. I think now. Yeah, I hope you're not playing Colchester anytime soon. If you're not wanting injuries, that's what I'll say. <laughs> right. um, but let's come on to predictions, um, Charles. I'm going to come to you first because you're going. Okay. Uh, as our representative. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> okay. The short trip for you to Cresty Road. Yeah, yeah, it is short trip. Um, although I have just discovered today that while it's ten minutes on the train, it's about fifty minutes in the car. So I'm not very happy about these yeah. train strikes, but never mind. So yeah, um, Saturday, Charles. Saturday, yeah. three o'clock. Yeah, Cresty Road. Through oh, cobblers. It's one of my favourite away days. This is it. Yes, not least because of the fact that it is only. Well, yeah. normally 10 minutes down the road from you. <laughs> um, okay. Yeah, basically. Yeah, feels like it at times. Um, I'm quietly confident now. I wasn't before. I was going to go with like a uh, with a score draw because, you know, away from home, we've, we've kind of just got away with, you know, three points down at Crawley. To go a- away from home again straight away with the injuries that we've potentially got. I mean... We don't know what the situation is with any of those coming back at the moment. Um, I was going to go for a draw. However, having heard Russ be incredibly pessimistic about <laughs> all of their injuries at, at Crew, um, I'm going to go with a 2-1 win. Um, I think we'll concede because we just can't keep a clean oh, sheet. Oh, we'll definitely concede, yeah. yeah. So... Uh, <laughs> But yeah, two-one win. I, I enjoy playing. I enjoy watching us play at Gresty Road. I mean, we've we've had some good times over the last few years, and I'm hoping for another one on Saturday. So yeah, two-one win. Sam Hoskins, obviously, with a brace. Good stuff. We, we had that two-two on the first day of the season, didn't we? A few years back. I say a few years back. It's probably about twenty years ago now. <laughs> yeah, um, but. Um, looks like both defenses are a little bit depleted, Russ. So uh, are we going for another ding dong? Do you think? This one. Oh, it'll be a ding dong. Yes, um, go on. We're, we're, we're quite good going forward on a day. We're quite good going back. We're uh, we're quite soft. You know, Sutton some had twenty shots against us on Tuesday. How they did score in the end, I have no idea. Uh, understand that Northampton are less long ball direct team nowadays, which doesn't quite sit right right with me. You know, Northampton <laughs> and hoofball are synonymous, but <laughs> apparently are changing. Um, <laughs> which could play into our hands a little bit, but also could mean you're the, the right mix of good footballers and direct play, which means we'll come unstuck. I think I'll go with a, 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 a proper ding-dong. It'll go back and forth. I'll go with a 2-2 draw. Oh, you've taken it off me. I was going to go to, <laughs> I was going to go Desmond. Um, I'd be I'd be well happy with a point here, Charles, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, after picking up the win on Tuesday night, a really difficult place to go. So yeah, I'm going one one. I think. Okay. So that's going to get two two. But I, I, there's going to be a lot of chances. I think basically in there. I think so. Yeah. I think it is going to be a, a cracker of a of a game of football, a proper advert mm-hmm. for lower league football. That's what I'd like to see on it's Saturday. Done. So yeah, not an advert for defending in lower league football. <laughs> no, definitely not an advert for defending. I don't think. I don't think that is going to happen at Gresty Road anytime soon, I'm afraid, mate. <laughs> yeah, not not unless we get a few injuries back, but... Unless yeah. uh, John Guthrie goes on a marauding run. Oh, there you go. You've mentioned his name. <laughs> My favourite footballer on the planet, John Guthrie. Oh, oh yeah. I love him. Go on. Go on I've, got, I've, got his, I've got a crew shirt with Guthrie on the back. Oh, where oh, did uh, Saturday? I might, I, might, I might do... We did a, a player podcast with him, with the Railway Men podcast, with him and uh, Barrow striker Billy Waters, and he's a, he's a lovely oh, man. Oh, yeah, lovely. Both both uh, Billy Waters, formerly of our parish as well, so I'll give that a listen. Oh, of course, yeah. Is that, on, uh, is, that, is that available on your podcast stream? It's available on our 
all of our podcast streams. You have to Excellent. scroll back a little bit, but good, good stuff. That'd be interesting <laughs> meeting the minds, I'm sure, uh, uh, for sure. But uh, thank you, Russ, join us. That was thank great. You very Thanks much. so much. Cheers. Um, where can we find you on the socials? Find me on socials at uh, on Twitter at Fern Russell. You'll probably struggle to spell it. It's got an two E's and two, two S's. S's and L's. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Chaos. Uh, or you can find the Rail Women podcast at, 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 that's weird, isn't it? At Railway Men The. That's confusing. But Good stuff. Excellent. Thank you so much. Thank you, Charles. Thank you, Danny. Have a lovely day on Saturday. I will. I'll enjoy yes. it. I'm sure. Uh, don't forget, you can listen to our full preview of the women's season on our podcast that we released on Wednesday uh, with manager Josh Oldfield. Uh, we've also got a blog up, Charles, of the full season preview for we the do. FA Women's National League Division One Midlands. I'm still getting used to saying that. Uh, so that's all on there on the blog on the podcast. Just go and check that out. Good luck to the women as well this weekend. Next week we'll have a Doncaster Rovers fan, Charles. Ooh. I hope that big game at Sixfields. But for now, thanks very much for listening. We'll be back in your ears on Tuesday as we look back on this lovely old trip to Crew. Have a good one. Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.